Hi, this is Ryan Hill. I'm here with Roland Lusk and Lacey Fekashese, and they're executing a long horizontal band, 40 inches high, with diagonals of superimposed pencil lines running across the full length of a wall in our galleries. This is Saul Lewitt's wall drawing number three, and we're going to talk a little um, about the process they go through and just their background. Uh, I'm kind of curious um, what brought you to doing this kind of work being a draftsperson for Sol, uh, for Solowitz in the in galleries? Well, uh, it sort of just fell into the job. You know, I was a grad, just out of grad school and needed work, and uh, the, my professor from grad school, his wife, put me in touch with Solowitz people. She had worked with them before, and I worked as, a, as an assistant on a large project where they had about 15 of us, just extra hands to help out. and. Um, I, you know, kind of took a liking to the work, and some of the other people took a liking to me, and that's sort of where, where I went from there. How about you, Lacey? Um, I had worked at Tia Beacon uh, before its opening, and Anthony Sensato was there installing a, a large um, drawing series piece. And then in 2006, they were hiring through Dia to do um, a show that's still up until 2009 um, of about. 14 wall drawings, so I was able to work on that show. So 14 wall drawings. Can, um, and uh, I guess for me what's interesting about this is that to do these wall drawings you follow certain instructions. But do you ever find that you um, have to make decisions that aren't part of the instructions in order to finish the drawings? Or is there any time there's a point where I mean, I guess I'm curious about the process of making a solo wit. How much, how much room is there to fall? Uh, how much room is there f for where you have to make your own decisions, and then uh, how much there, how much you have to follow the guidelines? Well, there's certain guidelines that are set out usually in the description of the wall drawing, and we pretty much stick to those. But sometimes those are a little open-ended, or they leave room for some. Sort of some choices to be made by the draftsmen. Maybe it's scale or placement or something like that. Sometimes that's really specific. Sometimes it's, it's left up to the draftsmen. Um, but we we pretty much stick to the rules. Or or, or you know, me being a fairly new draftsman, uh, there's a lot of precedent. You know, the people who have been doing this for 20 some years, and so I often refer back to them. You know, is there is there some sort of precedent for this, or can I just do it the way that I see fit? And that's how I usually go about it. So there are, are there there are records that you can go back to as to how other people have done this. I mean, is there a whole um, documentation of these pieces you go back to, or how does that how does that work? Um, well, a lot of times they'll reference uh, photographs from when they were first installed. Um, the drawings when you purchase them come with a certificate and usually a diagram, so that's the major reference. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, and then there's, you know, just sort of like an oral history that goes along with a lot of the different projects that maybe isn't documented on paper. I mean, they're trying to catch up with a lot of that because that's important, but there's, you know, like I said, there's people you can say, well, how did you do it when you did it? And then maybe I'll ask someone else if they did the same thing or something similar. I said, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. And then I take those two ideas and maybe and 
figure out how I'm going to do it, you know, that coincides with the idea of the piece. It's fascinating because it's almost like there's an oral history that you guys have with each other to kind of, each of you are trying to figure out how, what is your aim though? Is it, is the aim to make the best soloit or is the, what is the aim when you do these drawings? For me, the aim when I do these drawings is to basically stick straight to the code. You know, it's just not my artwork. You know, it's not. It's Solowitz. It's predetermined pretty much how it's supposed to look, where it's going to go. So when I work, I try and follow those instructions that are given to me by him and eliminate any other things that are going to distract from that idea because it's about sticking to that simple plan and idea that the artist originally had. Anything else? Um, well, I'm not totally sure of the aim. It's just that like, we get to go to work every day and create something that's already predetermined, and that itself is actually really enjoyable. So what, what do you find enjoyable about ha doing a predetermined drawing? Um, well, since it, it isn't um, our artwork, you don't have that sort of anxiety when you're in your own studio trying to figure out what you're going to make today. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, one thing when I'm looking at this is it seems like you use these diagonal lines, um, these pencil diagonal lines to build up tone. So that's one part of it, is that there is seems to be the aim of creating tone also. Yes. Um, is there ever... And so I guess each one of these, when, depending on when you'd see them, would have a different tone because different teams will approach it in different ways. Sort of. I mean, they're going to have a generally the same tone because um, they're all done with the same materials. And, you know, more or less you want an even tone across showing that each line is more or less the same. Um, maybe someone might have a slightly heavier hand. Maybe they're a little bit darker. I'm a little bit lighter when I do it. So that could be a really subtle difference that you wouldn't, uh, the average viewer wouldn't notice unless they could see the two side by side, perhaps. And maybe even then they wouldn't even notice, okay. you know. That's interesting. I mean, in, in terms of the tools, there are prescribed tools, in, not just instructions, but also prescribed tools, like certain pencil weight and certain, yeah. all of that. Okay. Anything else you want to say about the tools? Or? One thing I was thinking about was, you know, I see that you're using rulers and pencils, but what would happen if they came up with some laser technology to do this? Uh, is that staying within Solowitz's ideas? Or if it is that your drafts, um, you know, if you're both drafts uh, persons or people, uh, and that I, somehow technology can do it better, is the labor part of this important? Well, it's important to me. <laughs> yes, and then the uh, hand is actually very much a part of the work. Okay. So it's not something that I don't think Solowit would want it to look like a computer did it. Okay. I mean, he's he's made prints and other, you know, more replicable, repeatable procedures, mechanic, uh, mechanized procedures. Yeah. He's done that. This, that's not what he wants. These are drawings. These are meant to be handmade. So, you know, I think for this one, it's the first time I ever used a laser level because uh, I'm used to using, you know, an old level or sticks and strings and figuring out that way. But with this uh, convex wall, it kind of helped to have laser level. I was really tentative at first because I'm used to these sort of primitive uh, tools that we use. 
but uh, you know I think for the level that worked out all right but I don't think we could have the laser like shoot the lines on the wall it just wouldn't be the same thing uh, and do you have to get like the use of the laser level okay by somebody or is it just your own call no that, that was that was my own call and you know just sort of but I happen to have one here that's the only reason I used it I mean but uh, no I mean I don't think he cares if you use a level or if you use you know a tube with water in it or you know just as long as it's you know I don't think I think the uh, you know if as long as you follow the directions he doesn't really you know I've heard you know that he doesn't care what it looks like as long as you've done what you were like what the instructions say to do. Yeah. It says here, uh, he, this is a quote from him, it says, the artist must allow varia- various interpretations on his plan. Each person draws a line differently and each person understands the instructions or the words of the instructions differently. So each of you, you, know, each of you are going to be doing it slightly different. Um, what stage is the drawing in at this point? We just started the third layer, the vertical lines, um, so we probably have about three, three more days or so. And so, and how many layers do you usually do with this drawing for the wall drawing three? This is a three-layer okay. drawing. Yeah. And you're on, and you're on the third layer. Yes. Okay. And how, how long does each layer usually take? You said about three days, or uh, approximately four to five days. Okay, great. And that generally is how it's been, I guess, because is it? It's always this length. No, okay. no. It's the the length of this drawing is determined by the length of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a similar version of this drawing um, on like a 16 foot wall, and obviously that went much more quickly. Uh, this is a 50 foot wall, so it takes a fair amount of time. Um, and also, we discovered as we were working, you know, that we did the diagonals, and they went a little bit faster. Now we started the horizontals; they take a little bit longer, excuse me, the verticals, so they take a little bit longer mm-hmm. to uh, complete. So, I mean, it's not, each time you do it, there's going to be some situation that the timing adapts to. So, it's not like you can, you have you can get a rough idea to make an estimate, uh, but, you know, every location, there's some sort of architecture, or some sort of s- deal with the scaffolding or something, something that's going to make it take a little bit longer or go a little bit more quickly. And you both worked um, on the Mass Mocha retrospective together, is that right? Yes. Okay. And had you worked together as a team before? No. At, um, at DIA, Roland drew, um, Anthony and Roland both drew half of the drawing series. So there's a simple and superimposed side, and I assisted um, Anthony, and Roland had another assistant, Mary. But this is the first time that we've worked together since April. How is it? What is it like to work on a drawing collaboratively? Because I think to, it seems to me you have your own artistic process, right? I mean, your own your own practice as an artist. Well, we both do. You both, yeah, you both do. So, um, tell me about working as a team on something. Does either of you want to? Um. Well, we were both surprised how well we uh, got along and worked together. Uh huh. Um, I just <laughs> remembered him bickering a little bit with Mary at Dia, and um, and Anthony is a little bit uh, strong sometimes. So, uh-huh. so anyway, so we are getting along very well. Okay, that's good. And do you find you do anything differently that you find? I guess it's really more about because you're working together as drafts people, so it's different than than doing your own work. So there wouldn't be a, a conflict. But yeah, what would the bicker? What would bickering be about if there were bickering? Just spacing, really. 
just little technical things, you know, you know, hold it a little closer or a little further away or something like that. But okay. And um, you did that mass mocha retrospective. Um, how many pieces did you work on? Uh, we worked. Uh, I worked on one, two. Sorry, I think three, four. I worked on four drawings. Uh, actually, well, and then I we worked on little bits. Sometimes we would help, like with part of one drawing, and then when in between drawings, you know, we'd help a little bit on one here, a little bit on one here, but. I completed two, you know, pretty much, uh, or Lacey and I both just did saw two of them from all the way through. The, the drawing series took about three months, so that's why um, there's about 100 wall drawings up at Mass Mocha now, but uh, that's why we only worked on a few, because yeah, the drawing series the took three months. Right. So. so there was a team that it's more than than just you all that were doing oh, yeah. it. There yeah, there were sixty of us at one point. Since you, I mean, since you've done more than one of these, is there a favorite one that you like? There's, is there? Do you have your favorites to draw or anything like that? Um, you know, I, I pretty much do, so far I pretty much do two kinds of drawings, and they're straight line drawings or they're scribble drawings. Uh, and so obviously those two are really different, but it's nice to have that trade-off every once in a while where you can let your hand be, you know, from very restricted to very loose. Um, I don't know if I really have a favorite, you know, amongst amongst the straight line drawings, I really like the ones from the drawing series, um, which is a large piece of work that he did, but sometimes they do them in smaller increments. Um, I, like, I tend to like the ones that are more, a little more complex and layered. Uh, they're a little stronger visually, and uh, more, you know, more interesting to the eye. I, I believe. What about you, Lacey? You have any favorites? I don't really have um, any favorites. Well, maybe wall drawing fifty, which Roland and I executed this summer. Um, which just created all these little diamond shapes, which I just thought was beautiful because a lot of times it's um, more of a square grid shape, but I did really like that drawing. Um, for the most part, I've only worked on the pencil drawings and the scribble uh, and the straight line, but I'm much more comfortable with the straight line drawings since that's what I've done most of. And what happens to these drawings, for instance, when the retro, uh, th this is an acquisition, but what happens when the retro when his retrospective is over? I mean, they they're complete, they're destroyed, or well, the retrospective is they're talking about a 25 year span, so that's going to be up for a while. I don't know what they'll do after that, but generally, if a show if a drawing is on loan for a temporary installation, um, after the end of the show, they're painted over, and that's it. Do you ever feel like, oh, th that was my work, that was painted over my labor, that was painted over, or do you don't have that, that don't have that uh, attachment that way? Well, um, at Dia, the uh, year of uh, the show, sorry, it was only supposed to be about a year, but they've extended it two more years, I think, because Salt passed in 2007. So every time I go back, I'm still a little excited that it's still there. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, and I think something that maybe uh, visitors don't always know that these are these are temporary, and um, and I think that's part of it too. Um, there's also an interesting thing that I thought about, which is what do you, since you've worked on some of these, what what do you think make these these specifically Solowitz? Like you talked a little bit about 
you know that you you take your own interests as artists out of it, and the decision making is not your own. But what what do you think makes these the artists? Well, I think these wall drawings for Lewitt, as far as art history goes, was a really um, you know that was like his signature work, and um, especially these early pieces like we're working on now, where it's it's just so simple. It's just pencil on the wall. It doesn't get much more minimal than that for you know and the fact that we're doing it for the artists like right there you've got minimalism and conceptualism like sealed up but so simply and and uh, distinctly uh, I mean that's I mean that's Lewitt I mean usually you think I mean he has a lot of great sculptures and works on paper too but you think Lewitt you think wall drawings and yeah. so it's hard to escape that very obvious uh, yeah. part of Anything else? Yeah, I mean, with the the, I mean, are there challenges in terms of drawing on the wall? I mean, to do these wall drawings, there must, it's not just like drawing at a desk on paper. What kind of challenges do you face when you you make these? A lot of times, it's just the texture of the wall. Um, there's a specific way that you would want the walls to be prepared, and um, it's not always followed. So sometimes it's just some um, picking out hairs or just getting it to a nice. Uh, flat surface before you start working. Okay. How, and the walls were okay for this one? Okay. I think we prepared them for you. Yeah. <laughs> and just one more question for you. It's just, um, how has doing this kind of work influenced your own work as artists? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I sort of started this trend on my own, but at first my work was very loud, very bright, a lot of colors and clashing, and I've definitely simplified things down. I'm, I don't know that I could say that was directly because of working on this work, but just, you know, this has helped maybe reiterate that idea to me that it doesn't have to be um, so complex. You know, simple sometimes is better, and to really think about what you are trying to get across, and if you can do that with less that perhaps will make a stronger uh, statement. So with my own artwork, you know, I've pared things down and usually use, you know, one or very limited colors and shapes and, you know, that's sort of the way I work. What about for you? Um, I'm really attracted to the repetition and pattern, which is something I've always been drawn to, but I sort of feel like um, it has appeared a little bit more in my work since I've been doing these drawings. Great. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this process of been doing it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll continue to do this, right? You you feel like you're both going to continue to to work on these and Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, great. Thank you for meeting with me and sharing your experience doing these. Appreciate it. Okay.